0: So I was asked to bring a message, and I was thinking about it, and uh, <coughs> there's a, a couple different ideas of what, what I wanted to go over. The Lord has been talking to me about something lately, and as in regards to what everything that's going on in the world today, in the news, in the world, where we are, uh, how close we are to the end, and there's a lot of fear, an awful lot of fear. Awful lot of worry, a lot of stress, and you know, what's going to happen, what's going to happen with the economy, what's happening with the government, what's happening with ed, this, the education systems, everything. And there's a, a phrase that, that we see throughout the Word of God that we want to talk about, and that is the oil of gladness, as we see throughout the scriptures. Now, there is the antithesis of this, which is misery loves company. And uh, when we take a look at what's happening in the world and really spend time on it, and our minds dwell on this, it makes us miserable. It makes us bitter, makes us fearful. We get angry at the government, angry at people. We get angry at the system, angry at the world, and then we start to fall into a depression, and we get angry with ourselves. Then we're upset because we're upset, and that makes us upset, which makes us upset that we're upset. And it just goes on and it just never ends. So the thing that I want to talk about this specifically is the strength of the faith. The strength of the faith. You see, it's not... Being a follower of Christ, being a disciple of Christ is more than just adhering to commandments. What does it mean to follow christ now when i do walkthroughs of the gospel and many of you will remember is uh what we talk about is the work of christ the miracles i talk about my jesus everybody has an idea in their mind of how they think jesus may have acted behaved specifically in his mannerisms and whatnot but uh, my jesus when i read through and i do studies on the word, studies on the miracles and these things my Jesus laughed a lot. My Jesus smiled a lot. Like, the other thing too is you see in scripture that God is a God of joy. Do you really think that when Jesus was standing there and he spoke over the blind man, and the blind man, his eyes are open, he saw the look on the blind man's face, specifically looks up and that that just the eyes widened like that, you really think Jesus did had no emotion? Or do you think he would have cracked his smile grinning down at him because he sees the joy in the face of the blind man healed? And you see, other, other things that Jesus did, the healings, and he sees the people's reaction of their joy of being delivered, joy of being healed. The man, the, the, the man that was healed by Peter and John, he went walking and moping and long-faced, right? Walking and leaping and praising God. And we see this again with David that danced for joy before the Lord, but we're Baptists and we don't do that. But we see in the scriptures, the joy of the Lord. Now, if you turn with me please to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Now, you'll notice, you'll notice uh, in the specific words of Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Alright, now you'll note the context here is strength. And that being able to fulfill, being able to do, being able to operate. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Now what I want to talk about is the strength. Now for that, hold your finger here. Go back to the Old uh, Old Testament, to the white pages of your Bible, Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. <clears throat> now, in this, we see that the Christ is our strength, Christ is our joy, Christ is our ability in all things. Now, with this, Christ strengthens us, if I ever get there. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Now listen to the words here. Nehemiah 8:10. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You see that? Christ strengthens us. How? Well, he tells us. He gives the word. He gives us his promises. Right. How are you believing it? How are you believing the promises? How are you believing the faith? Is it intellectualism or is it a knowledge? What happens when you truly understand what Christ did for you on the cross? What, What he truly delivered you from? Where you were going, where we're going to end up, How we were condemned, how we were heirs of the devil, we were children of hell, condemned in our sins. The wrath of God was upon us. The sword of the Lord of his judgment was about to plunge upon us. And by the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ, he took the penalty upon himself and delivered us. And all we must do to be saved is believe. What does that do? That brings a joy of understanding what he's done for us. And what about his other promises? I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I'll never abandon you. I am with you always. I'll teach you all things. I'll cause you to be in remembrance of everything I have told you. I'll be with your mouth. I'll teach you what to say. I'll even teach you how to pray, how he'll provide for us, guide us, protect us, and all things. What does that do? Like, oh yeah, nice. Or is it, is it actual joy? Is there an actual, bring a joy and a peace and a power? See, he strengthens us, as we see in Ezekiel, all ye remembrancers of the Lord, give him no rest. To remember the Lord what he's done for us. Because when we don't remember, when we forget it and we're apathetic, what does that do in our soul? That's where apathy comes in. Forgetfulness. Doubt starts to creep in. Fear. And these are all the things that the Lord says to put off doubt, fear, fretting, anxiousness, you know, to not even care forgetting the things of the past don't even worry about it don't take no thought of tomorrow don't even think about it but what do we do we start to pull some of those things back we start to open up pry open god's fingers and take some of these things back well yeah i want to mull on the stupid things i did years ago well i i want to care about tomorrow i need to make the plans i need to figure things out well i need to take the weight of the day the weight and the stress of the issues and these things but what happens we put it all off we let it all go just drop it all drop the chains drop the rocks drop the sack of care of worry let it all go what happens there's a joy there's a joy there's a peace he strengthens us with joy because the the joy of the lord which is our strength is the joy of understanding that he is god we are not he does it all we do not he holds all things we do not he cares for all things we do not People say, wow, we should care. There's a difference between caring and actually taking the weight of ownership of the problem upon yourself. Where you feel, in some way, some form, you feel responsible for having to deal with it. But God says you can't even cha- change one hair in your head. You can't do anything. You can't change your statute. God says you can't do anything. God says we are incapable, we, are, we have no power, we have no strength, we have absolutely nothing in ourselves. Everything is the hand of the Lord. What happens if we take it upon ourselves? We feel the weight of the, the judgment of the issue upon ourselves, When we cast it all upon the Lord for He cares for us. We feel peace, calm, we feel joy. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Now, what about even in things as we see with trials and tribulations, persecutions, not so much as even cares, but direct personal attacks, as you see as possibility coming down the line, as we see in other places of the world. What happens when we see this in Matthew chapter 5? Take your Bible, please turn to Matthew 5. Take a look at what it says. Put your eyes on verse 10. Look at this, look at what it says. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, persecution. Persecution can take many different forms. Someone slamming a door on your face, cursing you, spitting at you, or even stoning you, taking your head off. Different forms of persecution. What does the Lord say? Verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12. What does it say? Rejoice and be... Exceeding sorrowful, rejoice and complain, gripe, cry about my rights, my liberty, what they did to me, you have no idea what they did to me. Cry and whine and be like the Israelites in the wilderness and making God grieved. What does it say? Be exceeding glad. Does that mean walking around with a stupid grin on your face? No, but this is gladness of heart, soul, knowing that the Lord is in control and vengeance is mine, say the Lord, I'll repay. They're poking their finger in the eye of the Lion of Judah. He's going to take retribution. We don't have to worry about it. The Lord says they hate you because of me. We don't take it personal then. When they're persecuting the churches and the saints, we don't take it personal. Now it's hard not to take it personal, but we see examples of Paul, was it Paul and Silas that that were in the dungeon? They arrested and they're putting the stocks in the deepest part of the dungeon, the cells locked, what did they do? Cried and whined and griped and sorrowed and talked to each other about how they used to have it better. Or did they sing hymns and praise the Lord anyways? Praise God anyways, praise Christ anyways. All hail King Jesus. And they started singing the hymns, and what did the Lord do? He rewarded their faithfulness. He showed the power of joy, the power of peace, the power of rejoicing. Take a look at John sixteen thirty three. John sixteen thirty three. What does the Lord say? John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me, in me, when your mind is stayed on Him, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. But be of good cheer, cheerfulness, gladness, joy, peace. Look what he says here. Now in the specific words, these things I I have spoken. Who is this? This is God saying. Unto you that in me. That sounds like John 15, 7. If ye abide in me and my words Abide in you. It's not just, see a lot of Christians see. oh yeah, I'm abiding in Christ, I'm abiding in Christ. Is His word abiding in you? Well, yeah. How can you know? If His word is truly abiding in you, that means you're believing in the promises and you're adhering to what He says and you're taking it personally and you're applying it to yourself to go live it, speak it, think it, do it. You're you're abiding in, not worrying, not fretting, not fearing. So if you want His word to truly abide in, you've got to take it seriously. So you've got to be at peace with the world. That's a hard one. Because look what he says. In me, ye might have peace. So if you're not having peace, if you don't have peace, that means maybe you're not abiding in him. His word is not abiding in you, even though you think you, think you are. Is that what that means? That in me, ye might have peace. In the world, ye shall have tribulations. But if our minds, our hearts, are in the things of this world, we'll have tribulation. Personal tribulation. Fear, heaviness, doubt, care, fretting, anxiousness, depression. All these things which are of the spirit of heaviness. Let's take a look at some of these things. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Now in the scriptures we see some things that are given that are symbolic like for example the water of baptism is symbolic it's an outward representation of what has happened inwardly of the inward is the washing of regeneration renewing of the Holy Ghost by the by the fire and the Spirit of the Holy Ghost Spirit of Christ outwardly we see the the symbolic washing of water now similarly we see in Scripture is oil now let's look at Hebrews chapter 12 and we want verses 12 to 15 <clears throat> The root of bitterness. Now hold there. I'll go to Hebrews one. Now Hebrews chapter one, verse nine. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity; therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now anointed with the oil of gladness. This is a picture here of the anointing being poured on the head. Something that washes over, and it's a healing balm, it's soothing, it's calming. And we see it's a it's a symbolic of blessing as well. The Spirit of God blesses. Now we see the root of bitterness and the oil of gladness. You can't have both. You're either chewing on the root of bitterness, making everything bitter in your belly, bitter on your tongue, bitter to your soul, or, or you've spat that out, cast it away, and sought the face of God, and has anointed you with the oil of gladness. You can't have both. Can't have both. Now let's take a look at uh, Psalms 45, 7. You're getting your workout today, back and forth. Psalms 45, verse 7. You can listen in if you want, you don't have to turn. Psalms 45, 7. Thou hast loved righteousness and hate, and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now, this is mentioned twice. If God says it once, it's important. But if he says it more than once, that means stop what you're doing and pay attention. He's trying to get our attention to something here. Again, we see in Psalms 45:7 seven, it's the same thing. Now, if we take a look at Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, it went verses one to three. Now, the the oil of gladness by the Holy Spirit, Isaiah 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings. We've heard that before, good tidings of great joy. Good tidings. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon an individual, there's a peace and a calm and a power. And there is a desire, as was mentioned earlier today by Pastor Paul, about the Spirit of the Lord will drive you out to witness and want to tell others and share the good things of the Lord, to go and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. But what does the root of bitterness do? The complete opposite. I don't want to talk to anyone, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit and mope and be one of those Eeyore Christians with a little cloud over your head and go, woe is me, oh me, oh my. That, that's what the root of bitterness does. It causes us to become bitter in our soul. And bitterness loves misery. Misery loves company, which loves everything that is negative. All you can talk about is the bad things. All you can talk about is the negative things. All you can talk about is all the things that are wrong. In this world, in your life, in society and everything else. All the negative things. But the Lord says to cast all of that off. Get away from that. The oil of gladness washes the head, but also washes the mind. It cleanses the mind. It's a balm to the mind. Look what it says. It it anoints me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. There it is again. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they, might be called, uh, uh, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And let's take a look at one more. Let, let's take a look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Now, how do we go about this? 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Now you note the words here. It's very similar language in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now you note the word if. What does the word if seem to mean, symbolize in that? Some will, some won't. That it's a choice. It's a choice. This is given to the saints it's a choice because if you do this is what happens if you don't this is what happens the choice is yours I'm telling you what needs to be done you must choose choose you this day whom you will serve now look at this one. one second Chronicle 714 if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves so this is righteous humility shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face. What does it mean to seek someone's face, to look for something diligently? That means you have to cast off all the things that would distract you, and you have to be singularly focused to be able to find that thing. Seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Would you say that the root of bitterness is wicked? Hmm? root of bitterness is wickedness. Dwelling upon the negativity's wickedness, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin and heal other land. The Lord will also bring healing upon us, that balm of he- of healing, the balm of joy. Now let's take a look at. Um, we'll end here with Psalm 23. One more. It's one more I just want to point out. Psalm 23. Now, like I said, in remembering all these things, what happens when we remember the goodness of the Lord, of all that He has done for us, all that He has given to us, all that He offers, all that He promises, Psalm 23, look what it says, The Lord is my shepherd, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. Now, I wish any man plucked them out of my hand. The Lord is my shepherd, and he confirms this in the Gospels, talking about how he is the shepherd, we're his sheep. Now look at the word Lord there, all uppercase, L-O-R-D, all uppercase. That's Lord God, Jehovah. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now look at this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want for anything. He'll provide all things, whatsoever things ye have need of. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. We don't have to go trudging through, uh, bushwhacking, trying to find where to go, and that kind of thing, stumbling over boulders. He leads us. He takes us to the green pastures where, there, where there's sustenance. He leads me beside the still waters. It's not raging. He brings calmness. He restores my soul. When everything's going wrong, He makes it right. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. I don't have to try to figure out where to go or what to do. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, in this world you shall have tribulation. I will fear no evil. Fear them not. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The staff of guidance and the rod of correction. But also the rod is used to beat the heads of the wolves. The Lord fights you. I will fight for you. I will fight for you. He rends the heavens and comes down. He shatters their bows of steel. He, he uh, Causes them to be in derision. The pit they dig, they shall fall therein. The stone they roll, roll back upon them. The net, they shall be snared in themselves. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He provides all sustenance, all guidance, all protection, all, all that you have need. Thou anointest my head with oil. There it is again. That's four times. How many times does the Lord have to say something before we get it? Four times. Thou anointest my head with oil, the oil of gladness. He makes us glad. My cup runneth over so much that it runs over. He goes to pour in the cup, and it's pouring over our head. Well, it, it just pours it over. It pours over our head into our cup, and it just overflows. The gladness of the great tidings, of, uh, uh, the good tidings of great joy. My cup runneth over of all that He provides. The things he has stored up for those that that will call upon him. Surely, goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, note the words they follow. They're always there. But note the word they follow. If we picture that, sometimes we fall into misery and bitterness because we don't see it, because we're not looking. But every time we look over our shoulder, we see all the things that the Lord has done for us in the past. How many times he's picked us up, how many times he's answered our prayers, how many times he's been good to us. there be remembrancers. Whenever you look behind, you see how the Lord is always with you, how he's always provided all that he has done for you. Goodness and mercy follow. The goodness of God is in the remembering of what he's done. The mercy of God is in the remembrance of what he has done. It's always there. All you got to do is remember what he's done for you and when you remember how the Lord has been with you how he has done all how he has answered prayers how he has picked you up how he never abandons you he always answered the prayers what does that do it makes you glad It makes you rejoice surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life now when the Bible talks about Forgetting the things of the past This is forgetting all the negativity Say, well yeah, he answered my prayers But that happened Oh, he provided this, but then this happened Oh, he's always with me here But then this happened You can't have root of bitterness And ill of gladness in the same cup You can't serve two masters Your mind can't dwell on two things A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways If you want stability and strength of faith You have to pick one And of course, we don't want to pick the bitterness. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I have goodness and mercy and all the things the Lord has done done for me, following me and before me is the house of God the house of the Lord, the hope of faith, the hope of glory before me. As I strive for the mastery of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, I'm reaching ever forward to the hope of the joy of the crown that is ever before me. So my eyes are not on the circumstances of what's going on in the world, but rather on what the Lord is doing in this world. We were told that bad things would come, trouble would come, trials and tribulations would ever be before us, but we were told how to handle it. See, we have the hope and the promises and the teaching. We have all the words. We have salvation. We have all, all of this. But there's one thing missing in many saints. And that is the joy of it. See a lot of long faced, horse faced Christians, as the joke goes, go into church, singing the hymns, but there's no joy. Reading the promises, but there's no joy. Saying amen, but it lacks luster. The joy of the Lord is my strength, the strength of your prayers, the strength of your faith. Yes, we want the, the seed, the mustard seed of faith. The joy is, you could call it, the, uh, the fertilization of it, the soil. We plant the seed in the joy, and in in remembering the promises and acting upon it in sincerity and zealousness of faith and true love of Jesus Christ. Peter walked on the water. When he he started looking at the waves, he sunk. Because what happened? That burned in fear. What was the strength of his ability to do that? His eyes on Christ. Seeing the Lord and it's the joy of the Lord and seeing his master is there. Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you. And there was a joy there. Because he saw Christ. And he wanted to be a part of the power, part of the joy that the Lord is bringing. So remember these things. Why do you pray? Why do you read? Why do you praise? How are you living? What's the strength of your faith? Our Lord, we thank you for this day, this time. Lord, we thank you for the power of your word and the truths of it. Lord, that your spirit would truly be upon us, to bring upon us a great joy and a peace and a power. Lord, that you'd help us to remember these things and to carry it with us always. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray.